everybody. My name is Miranda Rodriguez, and I'm your host of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, a podcast that aims to inform and inspire through long-form conversation about marketing across industries. I'm also the founder and lead marketing consultant at Marketing for the Uninhibited, a marketing strategy consulting company that likes to keep things simple, realistic, and fun. And on this week's episode of the podcast, we have a really fun one for you. I have the privilege of sitting down and sharing some wine with Melissa Ronda of The Honest Way. She is a weight loss expert, mindset coach, and host of the Honestly Melissa podcast. Um, She uses the words fearless and forthright to describe herself, and that is exactly what she is. Um, She came in hot with her energy and the f-bomb a little bit we had we it was just real casual as usual but also a very very strong podcast talking about excuses how we can get out of our own way and how she found her voice um, especially in a market you know she's in the weight loss industry and fitness industry and so um, how she goes against the grain there and feels comfortable doing so especially now that she's being herself 100% so she prides herself on the fact that she can talk to her clients and her husband the same way which is amazing and I think something that we're all struggling with on a regular basis and that is to especially in the beginning of your business really find your voice and to find yourself and carve out that niche, um, which means being okay to say no and being okay with um, causing change and ripples and not really caring what anyone else has to say about that because the people there are people out there that need to hear your specific message. Um, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you're listening with children around, I re- recommend headphones. If you're not into the F-bomb or swear words being used casually, This probably isn't the podcast for you. Um, But anyway, thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Let me introduce you before we get leagues down the road. Hi, everyone. My name is Miranda Rodriguez, and I'm your host of the Marketing Uninhibited podcast. And I'm here with Melissa Ronda today of Honest Way. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I almost said Honestly Melissa, but that's your podcast, right? And do you want to tell us a little about, about yourself? Okay. So, yeah, um, my name is Melissa Ronda, and um, I... I'm a weight loss nutritionist. I've had my business The Honest Way for five years now. Um, And I started my business because um, I was obese my whole life. And um, it really shaped my relationships with everyone, my relationships with myself, Mm -hmm. uh, with food, and like handling my emotions. So when I shifted and lost like a massive amount of weight and got really strong I realized that it was so much more than like don't eat carbs right right? you know it was like it's um unearthing like everything about you and yeah like the fitness the nutrition like all that shit's important Mm -hmm. but but it's a whole body experience absolutely and it impacts every other aspect of your life which I think people forget like they're like oh health is here and my workouts are here and my business is here but it's all connected totally and all works together oh my god everything that I've learned about like resiliency in business Mm -hmm. is exactly the same as strength training yes. or watching what you're eating. Um, anytime that you're putting 
like you, you come up with a plan, you come up with a goal, a desire, whatever, and then you put the steps in place. Mm. It's exactly the fucking same yes. as a weight loss journey. Which is the same. I was listening. I've listened to some of your podcasts now. Oh. And I went back to the beginning because oh, I like to see where everyone starts. Ones? The first one. Someone's like talking. Maybe your husband is like laughing at you or something. It was hilarious. Because you're like, are you laughing at me? Or maybe it was live. I don't know. I don't know. It was really funny. Oh, my funny. God. Don't encourage anyone to go back to that shit <laughs> no, in the beginning. They, everyone should see where everyone else starts because you hit, like, a really – your podcast is great. You're Thank very you. open and, like, emotional. And then you go in these ways that I didn't think you were going to go. Like, you were – I usually don't know I'm going there either. Yeah, which like, is I great. Like, I'm not a planner. <laughs> but you were saying how, like – you make a plan and then executing the plan and how you have to show up for yourself. And like, you're not going to go to their house and knock the cookie out of their hand. Yeah. Cause it was episode eight. I think and mm. you were real pissed. You were like, I had yeah. this something else to say today and I'm going to scrap that. And you like went in. Yeah. And it was for a second. I thought you were going to cry. And then I realized like, Oh, she's just angry. Right. Um, now. Yeah. Usually I am not a crier. Yeah. I'm, Usually, my hurt will come out in anger. Mm, yep. But do you get mean? Uh, I get sort of like a bear with a paw <laughs> caught in the trap. Like, like I'm not necessarily yeah. lashing out at you, but just don't fuck with me. Right. <laughs> but I think that probably that specific episode. Like, I just lost my dad last year. Oh, yeah. To obesity. Really? Yeah. And I am super triggered. Like, I have so a lot of masculine energy, and I'm super triggered by women who are like, well, you're, you're not checking in with me, and you're not this or you're... And, like, like what? at what point is it your responsibility? Where do you take ownership of your life? Yeah, because that's the answer, right? right. Like, it, and to just give people the answer... Yep. is not helping them. No. It's forcing them. Like, I have a rule. If I have a client that asks something of me, I always answer it with a question. Ooh, that's good. Because what they want to do is they want you to do the thing for them. Right. And as a coach, it's your responsibility to show them that the power is within themselves. Mm -hmm. You know? it is, And it's with marketing consulting, too, because I'm a consultant, so I don't execute. I like, I advise, I help you make a plan, and then I support you through the execution of that plan, but I'm not going to go into your Facebook and make these posts for you. Super or similar, show up right? On, very similar. But then they want you to tell them how to fix their business, or they want a quick result. I don't know how many people come to me and like, okay, but I'm short on, I'm short on cash. I'm like, well... Okay, then I'm probably not who you need to see in this instance because it's not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's the case, then I recommend getting a side hustle or a part-time job while we figure this out mm -hmm. because it's a long-term solution. But it they have to show up for their business, and they have to take ownership of their their plan. Like, if we create a plan together, I can't do it for you. Right. And in some cases, right, there are people that will do that for you, so you can... Yeah, that that's I'm a not service. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think that that line can get blurred because mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, frankly, bad coaches out there. Yeah. That's, that's not coaching. Right. That's enabling. Exactly. And I don't enable anyone. You know, that's like been a big, a big thing for me over the past year is working on boundaries. Did you used to enable people? Oh, my God, yeah. 
Like that's how it all started. So I was obese. I will give you the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Uh, really, really rough upbringing. <laughs> okay, so I'll just give you the Cliff Notes. But um, at points, I had been abusing alcohol. I was addi addicted to prescription drugs. Oh my gosh. Cocaine, all sorts of like really fun things. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> fun stuff. Uh huh. And um, all before children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So my dad, morbidly obese, in a wheelchair. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, he was he he could barely on my wedding day, my first wedding, <laughs> um he couldn't even finish the whole daddy daughter dance oh. because he was so obese, okay? So he did this to himself and he just like destroyed a lot of stuff. Right. Not just the obesity, but but a lot, you know? Um oh my god, I totally forgot where I was going with the whole thing. <laughs> we were talking about um enabling people. Enabling, yes. So and how you set I, boundaries. So this was I was in my <laughs> 20s and my dad, I'm going to his house in Indiana and I'm meal prepping for him. I'm mm -hmm. cooking him food, I'm packaging it up. This was like before meal prep was the thing. Right. But what I was trying to do was replicate hospital food. Gotcha. So he was in the hospital because of his obesity and the portion control, he started to lose a little bit of weight. Mm. He was gaining momentum. So when he got home, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing. So I would go to his house and cook him this food and then he would get in his car, eat that and go to McDonald's. Oh, no. Right? So did he have diabetes? Oh yeah. Okay. And so what ended up happening, it was like I was shifting my focus into him which made me feel really, really good about myself, right? Right. Because I'm like, well, I can't work on myself right now because, like, my dad is such a mess. And, like, he wouldn't be, like, anywhere without me, so I need to, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm lying to myself. I'm telling myself this story. And essentially what I was doing was a, I was doing all the right things for all the wrong reasons. Right. And that was getting in your way, right? That was your excuse. It was my excuse not. to not work on my own stuff. So how long did that last before you then decided to start working on yourself? Or what was the catalyst for that? Well, um, I, so my first marriage, I was married for uh, over 10 years. And I had, we had owned like a million houses, okay? Really? Bought, sold, bought, sold. We bought our first house right, like in the midst of the all the oh, mortgage stuff, yeah. right? But I have been to probably a dozen closings. Like, I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh. And so we've always been, we're moving all the time. I started to feel a lot of pain in um, my joints. Mm -hmm. So my hands, my, my knees a lot, uh, my neck and shoulders. And I went to the um, a, a naturopath at a chiropractor's office because right. I wanted to go about it naturally. That's good. And <laughs> is it? <laughs> and she got me addicted to Vicodin. <gasps> How? Very easily. Oh my so, god. So I start. I went there. I went for like a gamut of tests. I was going three times a week, mm -hmm. getting stim, like yeah. that that back. Um, like those little electrode things in your back, adjustments, massage, supplements. Oh my gosh. Uh, urine samples, stool samples, saliva samples, all sorts of things. That's crazy. Yeah. And then she went in for the kill and was like, wow, you know what? You must be in so much pain. 
and I'm gonna give you this prescription. So now here's the thing you need to know, is that once you have a prescription like that, you, you have to get it refilled every 30 days, and you have to see the doctor every 30 days. Because they have to make sure you're not addicted or because they have to make sure you're not abusing it? Well, I don't know that they all particularly give a shit. Right. But, but um, that's just protocol. That, that, that's protocol. Okay. But what they do care about is that it's a sure thing you'll be back in 28 days. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. And so she was writing me these just crazy scripts all the time and it was a perfect storm. So I had had, um, you know, a, a childhood where it definitely lent to addic addictive behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'd previously had addictive behaviors, um, right. you know, because I was through trauma in my formative years. Um, but then I was very clean and, and like on this right path, mm -hmm. and that's why I was at the naturopath. Right. But perfect storm, right? Oh my god. Because I've got those markers, and then there's someone telling you, no, you know, that pain you're feeling is real. And you do need this. Yeah. Like she was, well, she was enabling you. Like, yes, this absolutely. Will help you. And absolutely. you're like, okay. Yeah. And also, I felt really good about it because I was like, see, she gets me. Yeah. Like, you don't get me. Like, I'm super sick. I'm so sick. I'm so, you just don't have the sickness I have. And it felt really good yeah. to be like, I'm sick. To be validated in yes. that way. Like, yeah. here you go. You do have problems. You do have, yeah. Not, not. Uh, any of those visits did she say are you happy my gosh not not once did we talk about movement that's a big thing for me yeah movement just movement like yeah. I don't even need you to be in there like doing deadlifts just go for a walk get outside I like deadlifts I, I was like gonna say I'm pro deadlifts yeah I am a hundred percent but I know what you're saying yeah like if it's not if you're just starting out just like move yeah. just move your body and, and all in all, like just borderline depression. Yeah. I had, um, you know, a, a, just a really codependent relationship with my spouse mm -hmm. who was chronically unemployed. Oh, wow. You know, I had a lot, a lot going on. And I think that's really the message that I, you know, I share. I get really vulnerable with this. And I share yeah. this because I think that in the diet industry, they say, you should go keto like that's your problem <laughs> is that you just need to be keto and it's like no if you're eating your emotions if you're 50 60 yes. 70 100 pounds overweight mm -hmm. it's not that keto is your problem right but then i also think there's other women in business that shift the other way and they speak solely on the emotional traumas exactly. where I think no you've got to understand how to have healthy food in your house mm -hmm. you've got to understand how to move your body and so I've wanted to meld all of that together right and in doing that I have to be really vulnerable and say like yeah I mean I have I have lived many many lives for sure and that's why people should like and why they do listen to you because you have the experience in that realm like if you're just you've only ever done like I've tried paleo and this is it for the rest of my life like if you don't experiment with other things so you can speak to them then you don't really know and it does all work together and that's where I get so like confused when people are like migraines are one thing but like i got a headache today it's so weird i'm like mm, it's probably it's not, not weird. weird it's not weird it's not weird it's it, not 
I have a hard time because I do have codependent behavior because I do in codependency I didn't understand I thought codependent meant you were needy right codependent means you want to control things oh, yeah because you've come from a life of that was out of control exactly and it comes from a place of love but so I will see people on Facebook that are like I'm just, I'm sick. My kids are sick. We're all just sick. And I'm like, dude, no wonder why you're sick. Like, yes. I mean, it's so obvious to me. It is. It, I feel similarly. Mm-hmm. And there, even when I am, if I wake up and I have a headache or whatever, I'm like, okay, well, have I had enough water today? Have I worked out today? Mm-hmm. What does my diet look like today? Did I sleep last night? Did I drink too much last night? Mm-hmm. You know, like I go through this series of questions which to me at this point, because my fitness journey has been, I was an athlete for a while mm-hmm. and then I got to college and I found alcohol and weed and like, it was crazy. <laughs> also some Coke in there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, I've never really been into pot, but that phased but out pretty uppers, quickly. I, yeah. I'm down. Oh yeah, those uppers. I mean, whatever. I was just a party girl. It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good time girl. We, I'm like, <laughs> we didn't know each other like that. <laughs> oh no. We would have been. <laughs> Uh, so many. I want to start an after hours podcast because so many stories. Oh my gosh. I total like a hard right here. Yeah. But, but there is, um, we were talking about, um, a podcast, um, or a show on NPR, um, This American Life, mm-hmm. which they just were doing a, po- a podcast episode on a podcast about drug stories. Whoa, it was a very, really? it, it, it went in a different place than yeah. you think that it would, but it was so interesting. That's so. what I'm, I would love to be able to do that because I think that because this is a business platform, there's so much that people, and you should, it should be about your business and promoting your business, whatever, but that they're unwilling to share on a platform like this where it's like a marketing-based thing. Yeah, to me, it is my marketing. Yeah, for you, because it's your story and that's your platform. Yeah, but I can see if you're a graphic designer mm -hmm. or something, I wouldn't want to really talk about Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, um, I don't know about that. So where were we going with that? I don't know. I don't, oh, college partying? Fun, I don't remember. Oh, my fitness journey. Anyway, it's been, it's not like I started yesterday asking myself all these questions. Like, it's been years. I moved to Virginia. I was overweight. I was living at the oceanfront. So you're on your bikes all the time. You're in skimpy beach clothes all the time. Like, my best friend is very tiny in general. So, like, Ew, I hate her. her. Why did you I choose know. her? <laughs> I know. Damn you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> she's the best. But she, but she's tiny. She just is. Like, yeah. And then we got to a point where we were neighbors and we're like, let's start working out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in the gym doing deadlifts. Like the next day we were doing like 20 minute at home workouts mm-hmm. or outside. And I just felt so much better. Mm-hmm. And then you get this confidence and then that like it all works together and you start realizing that. It's um, I went for drinks last week with a girlfriend that is really at the beginning of this mm. and um, so she was going to like group mommy fitness classes and now she's really lifting heavy and it was so beautiful to like have her tell me about yeah. because it took me back so sometimes it's hard like it's been five years and I'm now at a place where I'm like anything's fucking possible right um, but so so to see someone at that spot in their journey it helped spark that 
for me that I remember how it was for me. I have this friend that I think you would hit it off with. Oh, really? Like she reminds me a lot of you. Her name's Chrissy Flynn. Yeah, I've never heard of her. Uh -uh. She's gone to Wiso's things. Do you know that I, Eileen? She's an accountant from Wiso stuff. No. It's like E I L Eileen. But I, I think um, I think you would like her. Oh, really? I need, um, I would like to meet her. No, I don't know her. She looks like somebody you would be friends with, yeah. right? I know. She's like your age and she's in, um, she just like marketing sort of. I don't know exactly. Like she helps, she's just starting out her first year and she helps with like, um, brand identity and Ooh. like, you know, so it's a little bit, I like she, I think she's kind of finding, it's definitely marketing in, right. in, in business stuff, but um, I, I really, I'm going to connect the, the two of you. I think oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, he says it looks good. Okay, so do you want to start over or do you want to, where were we? We were talking about your fitness journey. Yeah, what were we even talking? I need a shot of tequila now. Woo! Uh, <laughs> um, Rachel was telling me about, like, what a great drinker you are. <laughs> Really? Yeah, she, it, because it's so funny because, um, wait, how old are you? 31, I'll be yeah. 32 in October. There's a big shift, like, throughout your 30. I'm gonna be oh, 40 yeah. in May, and, um, like, all of a sudden, I'm really excited to go to bed at 9. And, like, I just, feel like going to bed at, like, 10, mm -hmm. 10.30, but there's a big shift. Yeah. Like, at least for myself, I, I, the most growth that I've had in my entire life was probably like 30, 35. Yeah. On. I can feel that coming though. Like there's a whole different level of like confidence, but also like not giving a fuck. You just yes. like, well, if you care. look at really old people who literally give zero fucks, yes. you think like, oh, well that every 10 years that kind of progresses. And I think that starting to not give a fuck happens and you're but that's such a blanket statement too because yeah. it depends like everybody what they've been through where you are what they're doing yeah all right let's um okay i'm gonna reintroduce us but just in case okay okay <laughs> hello everyone round two <laughs> if you are seeing this for the second time i'm sorry we have some technical difficulties i'm miranda rodriguez from marketing for the uninhibited and i'm here with melissa ronda of uh, the honest way mm. honest way am the. i butchering it the 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 honest way um and hopefully you don't have to see this part but um here we are cheers let's well i <laughs> always think the second time is always better it so. is i think so we're getting a second chance right mm -hmm. here i'm, like I'm all about second chances oh yeah that's good mm -hmm. so we were talking about you were setting boundaries with your dad and then my fitness journey and how that like it doesn't start overnight. Um, but when did you decide you were going to do this as a career? So that's actually a really beautiful part. Like I couldn't write it any better Ooh. than this. I, so, so where we last left off was that I got addicted to prescriptions yes. and I was like from the natural doctor, from the natural doctor. Mm -hmm. So a naturopath, a naturopath can write scripts. Naturopath. 
a napropath, I don't think they do, but a naturopath does. And she wrote a mini. <laughs> and, so, and so, um, like this part isn't overly important, but, but at some point they had me going to um, a rheumatologist. So they were giving me uh, immune, so they thought that I had RA, mm. rheumatoid arthritis, because I have weird hands. So they're like unusually. Oh, yeah, knuckles. Yeah, right? Uh -huh. um, fed into the whole thing. It's just the way they are. Like, But uh, there was enough to show that it looked like I had RA. So I was on immune suppressants, methotrexate, meloxicam. Like, oh, my oh. god! Then they give you antidepressants because that shit depresses you. And then I'm on Vicodin. And I got to a point where I was snorting them. <gasps> I know! That's crazy. Yeah. So um, I don't even know why. I, I think the effects wouldn't even last as long, but yeah, uh, whatever. And so I had to leave my ex-husband. Like it was like a locomotive. Like it, like imagine that heartbeat in a movie where it's like, duh, 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 yeah. duh. like that was my existence. Like if you don't leave this guy, like shit's gonna hit the fan, oh you know? So I ended up leaving him, flash forward a few years. I really dusted myself off. I um, met my now husband um, and I had gotten on a prescription medication that helps you get off of Vicodin. Okay. So. Uh, crazy enough, I was actually on the medicine to get off of Vicodin twice as long as I was on the Vicodin. Oh, is it a smaller dose? Is it, it to wean you? Yeah. Well, it's not Vicodin at all. It's something right. else. It's like a sublingual tab called uh, Suboxone, but it takes you longer to gradually get off of it. Okay. And the doctors even wanted me on it longer mm -hmm. because again, too, you come back every 30 days. If you think that any physician has your best interest at mind, right. you better question it because I don't care what any doctor says. I don't truly believe that. They have a specific protocol. They it follow sales. it. It sales. Right. Right. So even so even this doctor that's got me on this not Vicodin was like, no, 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 you should stay on it, you know? Uh, year and a half I'm on this stuff. Wow. So I decide that I need to move. Like I need to move my body. I need to, to focus on something positive. So at the time I hadn't realized, when I look back now and I go, oh, wait a minute. I am no longer obese now right. because of these little decisions that uh -huh. I made back then. Yeah. Which like neuroscience is like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly why this worked. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand that. It was just sort of like this weird intuition. So I, I was like, I'm not going to focus on a diet. I'm just going to focus on going to the gym and getting yes. healthy. Yes. Like one thing at a time, right? Right. You can't, if you try to overhaul everything. And in, instead of like focusing on the lack mindset of like going on a diet, this was more about adding something positive mm -hmm. to my life instead of worrying about taking away something negative. Did you find that when you were going when you're going to the gym regularly that you then wanted to eat healthier because you didn't yeah. want to sabotage your gym work? Yeah, it was like a natural progression. I hired a personal trainer um, at the time. I really could only afford eight sessions. Yeah. So I hired him and I stretched it out once a week. And then I would see this is sometimes when people complain that they don't get results. I'm like, you, you, you're just missing the boat yeah. because I remember leaving the gym and I was like, this is all I can afford this week. Um, but I want this so bad that I would sit in my car and I would write down the workout that he and I did. Oh, good. So that I could go then replicate that on my own. Yeah. Because I had that hunger, that desire yes. so badly to get that right. 
when I think about now what I give my clients, I'm like, there's literally no reason that you can't be right. successful, you know? And you have to have, my brother's a personal trainer and he uh -huh. talks about that because he doesn't enable them either and he won't give them like, okay, when we're not together, this is what, like he'll say like work on some things, but he's not going to give you a prescribed workout. Yeah. So the fact that you're going and sitting in your car and taking notes means that you wanted it. Yeah. That I like want. you were showing up for yourself. For sure. It was a decision. Um, but my last session with him was my last day that I was weaning off of that 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 um, oh, sublingual tab. Yeah. And so I, I did say to him, I'm like, dude, like this is what's going on. He goes, Melissa, we're gonna push through, you're gonna do it anyway. So by the end of that workout, I had realized that I had said to him, I can't, like a dozen times. Oh wow. And I did it anyway. Right. Right. So at that point, it set this like it was like this catalyst when I realized, wait a minute, if I just what about all the other things that I said I can't do? Right. That I probably can do. You know what I mean? It was crazy, and 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 it it really progressed from there. What matter? And I'm talking weeks. And I told my husband one day, I really truly, and if this sounds like a god complex, I really don't even give a shit. I told him I truly believe I am put on this earth to do this. Like I believe that I've been through all of it that I've been through. I believe that I had the dad that I did and the mom that I did and mm -hmm. the husband I did and all of this. I believe that that was to be, and I'm not even a religious person, right. so I'm like an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I believe that so strongly and um, I think my husband could just really see that. And so he supported me in going back and getting my certification. Were you, um, where were you working at this time? So at this point, I had left my career in the city, and I was working for a very short time for like a contractor out okay. um, in the suburbs. So it was really an easy decision to get out of that. It was yeah. not very fulfilling, um, but it was to tide me over until that. So once I once I had that paper in my hands that said like I'm a qualified professional to right. do this, it was really easy to get clients in the beginning because everyone on Facebook knew Fat Melissa. Oh. They knew Fat Melissa from high school and they had seen me throughout this Your journey. journey. Right. And it, because I wasn't, this is a great, um, this is a great advertisement, so <laughs> to speak, for not selling. Right. Because, yes, I just brought value because I was so passionate mm -hmm. about strength training and eating well that people naturally wanted to work with me. And they saw it worked for you. Right. right? Like you made this huge transformation, but right. it didn't happen overnight. It was progress. Instead of somebody, you know, I'm looking for five local ladies to come join me in my gym. Like nobody wants that shit, you no. know? And I think that people just could just genuinely tell that I was so passionate. Um, that that only lasted a short amount of time until I really had to hire someone and learn about Facebook ads and oh, learn about structuring God. programs. But in the beginning, it got me going for sure. It does. And I think if you can hold on to at least that like that openness and then that grit, because there's a certain amount of grit about you to have to work through all of that shit from your childhood and then your marriage and then your own like addiction journey and all of that. You have to want to do it. Otherwise, you just, you're not gonna change. I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. It's strange that you say that. Like, um, if anybody's followed me for, oh, 
you know, six months, they would know that I'm very vocal about my hatred for my mother. Oh, yeah. Um, she's a sociopath. And she, and she really screwed up me because she would tell me that that behavior was normal. And so oh I, I when you're a kid, you think it's normal. Yeah, that's you all you know. That's all you know, you know? Right. And I had a moment yesterday where I, I thought... I realized that she's a sociopath, but it's almost like the best gift she gave me because there are people that don't know what it's like to struggle. They don't right. have that resiliency. Mm -hmm. They don't have that grit. And I think, you know, I guess you could argue what's worse, babying your child or, or being emotionally oh, abusive. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really know. I think they're both forms of abuse. Yeah. The way I, that a hundred percent right, and yes. I have a hard time, right? Because I'm trying to compensate for the mother I had, so I'm like, "How was your lunch, honey? Hi, <laughs> guys. How was your lunch? You know, like that's a big thing for me. Um, my my mom, like, we didn't always have food available and stuff and so I every day I'm like how's your lunch to my kids it's like a weird thing I and have they're like why are you asking me again <laughs> right and I almost overcompensate yeah so I've been watching that but I do I love that we're talking about this because I I think as an entrepreneur so many people think they're gonna come in and it's just gonna be easy because mm -hmm. they you know their parents paid for college and it's always been easy and right. they're owed something Yes, they're owed something or some, there's so many people out there who think that just because they have a good idea that they deserve to have a platform and that's, that's probably how all entrepreneurship starts, right? But only the ones that are tenacious enough yeah. and audacious enough and like just willing to work through the shit are the ones that are going to make it because everyone has a good idea. Like everyone your neighbor does. has a good idea, everybody. Mm -hmm. But like are you willing to stick with it through and through? Which is something Rachel and I actually talked about on the podcast last, last week is like sticking with your idea, but then knowing when to give up on it too. Like, okay, as far as tactics in your business. Tactics, like, yeah. This isn't working. But if your strategy and like your mission are sound, which is why it's so important to do those things up front, then your tactics can change and you're not married to them. It's not right. like the end all be all. Like, oh, this Facebook ad isn't working. Let's try something else. Like you have to be able to evolve faster. Yeah. Grow. And again, not on like a weight loss journey, right? Like right. I launched a higher price offer in January that I hadn't nurtured my community mm -hmm. to pay a higher price offer. So I had launched that program in September. Oh, like life shifting. Uh, was that the one that was like only $32? No. Okay. This was my $2,000 program oh, okay. um, and filled it crazy huge month um because i had four and a half years of women that, right. that have purchased from me they know psh, it's a no-brainer because i bought her other things at lower prices and so i know this is going to be worth it yeah so launched it again in january hadn't really sold these people other offers like not enough of yeah. them and not thinking like I'm not thinking my ideal client is 35 to 50 year old female right. she spent all of her money at Christmas like she's trying to just pay off her Amex and waiting for the taxes right yeah, yeah like because most of the women I work with they're they're teachers mm -hmm. um, you know they're middle-class women and sometimes they're single 
right. and they're trying to like Stella got their group back kind yeah. of thing. You know? like, so they, they don't have like, you know, just they feel really guilty about, see, they have two grand, but they feel guilty about spending the two grand on themselves. On themselves. Yeah. And so I launched that in January and it did not go where I wanted it to go. And instead of going like, I really had to look at that and say, what did I learn out of this? Right. And what did you learn? Well, I learned that you don't that you have to sell lower price offers more often to build the trust. Yes. So now I'm actually I if this sounds exhausting, I it's really about the energy that you put into it. <laughs> yeah. I sell every day. And you cuz right. And you can sell every day or you can call it showing up every day, but you've got to like show up for your business every single day in yeah. every post and every everything you do. Yeah, and uh, authentically. Yes. I, so this is actually two completely different conversations, but isn't this how all females we do this, right? Oh Lord, yes. Oh my God. But yeah, like showing up every day. Right. Sh sh huge, and then also like intentionally launching things, mm. and you know, two weeks sprints of it, packaging things differently, giving everybody opportunities yeah. to taste and, and to whatever. Um, so that when you launch that program that's four times that price, you've got a pool of women that have already in invested in you. They're already pre-qualified, mm -hmm. right? They've already seen that you over-deliver time right. and time again. Um, so, so now I'm selling every day, um, but authentically, which as an entrepreneur, I mean, I guess everybody's kind of business is different. And so this, this isn't a blanket statement. But I feel like everything I've been ever taught about being a member in society mm -hmm. is literally the opposite of how I should grow my business. Right. So when I meet somebody who's like well off or like a, some sort of financial advisor and they're like, hello, and I'm like, what's up, dude? Yes. Like I give zero fucks. Like you, I'm going to talk to you. My goal in my business is to talk to you exactly like the conversations I have with my husband. Yeah, exactly. But we're taught to be like, hi guys, it's Melissa. Like, that's not me. So how did you, this is what I wanted to ask you like yesterday when I was listening to your podcast, how did you find this voice? Have you always been this confident? <laughs> <laughs> or like, have you always Still been not. <laughs> this? Because you come across very confident. You know what? Thank you. You're, you, someone else told me that recently and yeah. I was like, really? Cause that's not what's happening in my head. Well, so that's interesting because in your podcasts, in your like your imaging on social media and your advertising, all that stuff, like you are strong. You are. Um, what is your? Oh no, I had it. What is your fearless and fearless and forth? Right. Yes. Yeah. Like that's what. That's how you're showing up in all of the things that you do. So. I'm just curious like how you found that voice because I think as a new entrepreneur it can be really hard if you're like listening to what everyone else is telling you to do in your business and then you're like oh my god but now I'm starting to sound like her and that's not what I want to do like I want to be able to say shit on my podcast and not care you know you know also think about this on the way over because this has really been a big transition for me first of all I should send you photos like from a photo shoot from three years ago yeah. and laugh <laughs> Like, it's super crunchy and stupid, and I've got this dumbass hat on. I was, like, trying to be, like, a green smoothie fucking Instagram chick, and I'm like, wait a minute. My brand is eat a fucking cheeseburger, drink a beer, lift weights, and then eat a fucking salad. Like, right. I don't, but, 
oh my God, when you want to make it work so bad and you think, well, she's, it's working for her. Right. So maybe that'll work for me. Yes. And all I can say is I think it's a natural progression. I use my, I'm my father just completely through and through. And um, I used to tell him, Dad, just because you're right doesn't mean that everybody wants to hear that all the time. Uh-huh. But I was totally his daughter. And I, um, I've now subscribed to... I don't give a shit if you want to hear it. I'm right, right, and I'm going to tell you that, and that is conviction. It is. Yeah. And that's, it's honest, and it's, like, raw in a way that, I mean, because you're leaving it up to the other person to decide, right? Like, I don't have to listen to you, so I'm not going to listen to you, and I'm going to go over here. Because it's not your decision to control whether or not people listen to you. Which is hard. So that's it been, is hard. that's been a lot of my a lot of my heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, so when I run Facebook ads and I'm bringing new, fresh women into my community, I will start Facebook Live to say, um, you know, I'm like you if you struggle with your weight. Here's a little bit about my journey. Um, and I want to let you know that I dropped serious fucking F-bombs. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if that's offensive to you, I'm not your coach. Right. And when I think about it in the end... If I'm in a group coaching program and I'm connecting with these women, do I want to have to filter what I'm saying? No. So you want to pre-qualify them. Yes. By, if they're offended by fuck, then like they're not my chick. Like yeah. She's probably too old or too stuffy to even relate to my f- struggles right. anyways. So like... Like, the way that I see it is like my woman is me. My woman is scrappy. Mm-hmm. My woman has had it shitty. My yep. woman has like, like she's not offended by much because she's been through much. And so she's hungry and she's right. ready to work and to sh- yeah. So if you're offended by fuck, like man, like I know, yeah. we're probably just not a good fit because that says a lot about the like the tenacity of an individual, right? Like if you're sure. going to be offended by a word. Like a single word. What does Joe Rogan say? Like the noise that's coming out of my mouth right now. I love him. Oh my god! I had this conversation with my daughter the other day in the car because we were listening to Flow <laughs> Rider, <laughs> and she was singing, and he swore, and she said the word. And my kids are so square, straight A students. <laughs> they are literally the opposite of me. I don't know is that intentionally, um, even yeah. subconsciously. So I just wanted to say I don't know why they're that way. I do. I'm a great yeah. mom. Yeah, because. I'm not that mom who has like mommy guilt. I'm like, I'm, I'm the only mom. My ex-husband is, um, a heroin addict. He hasn't paid child support in five and a half years. So you're mom and dad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm married. I have a husband, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Um, so I'm raising really, I'm raising really responsible kids Mm -hmm. because I'm doing the heavy lifting in that parental. So like, I don't have, I don't have the luxury of having mommy guilt, like mommy guilt, like Ugh, I want to throw up when I hear that um, because, like, I wish I had time to have mommy guilt. Like, right, and you should... It's a luxury to me. Yes. And why are we even having that conversation? The mommy guilt and the mommy shame is yeah. really... I don't have kids, but I have a boyfriend who has a kid, and then I have a bunch of friends that have kids, and that shit is real. Yeah. I mean, I guess, too, I'm speaking from a place where I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old. Oh, yeah. I... But... When I had a nine-month-old, yes, I was like, is there BPA in this bottle? Oh, my gosh. Because back then, like, bottles had BPA in them. Right. So I was very, um, I was that mom, you know. But I think when your kids are, like, 
almost at the age they're getting driver's license. Yeah. Like, I don't have time for mom and dad <laughs> right. stuff. But I was talking to my daughter about swearing, and she was so embarrassed that she said that. And I said, honey, like, you hear me swear all the time, and you never swear. Like, you need to know, I'm not saying swear, but I'm also saying that a word is just an expression. It's just yeah. a word. And, like, who said that but is not a swear and ass is a swear like that's the stupidest thing right and i think because my mom still swears a lot and i do yes. too but like yeah she i want to meet her it's not my mom is so funny because everyone who meets her like at first the first introduction they're like oh my god your mom is so nice and blah 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 i'm like right but she'll beat your ass if you step out of line like if you had to take a trip to the bathroom at dinner it was not good you know, like if you're out in public. So she, she's just as, um, she's the only woman I fear to this day. But anyway, mm -hmm. she's just as scary as she is nice. But she swore all the <laughs> She's just as scary. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. Please. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I don't know. To everyone else, she's the nicest person out there. And she is. She's very genuine and kind-hearted and, like, does a lot of good for the world. But... You know, if you were her child and you got out of line, then you better watch out. Yeah. Mine, I have a look. Yeah. I will look at you. Do you have, like, that that closed mouth, like, growl? So I don't do that because my dad did that, and he would, like, he's, yeah. like, his teeth like this. And I've never... Oh, God. Is there... Is this... There's no wood. I, I've never... My kids are so good. They're so Western suburbs. They've got no clue. Like... Yeah. No clue. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Orland, and then okay. I moved to Worth. Oh, wow. So, um, but my mother, so like Orland at the time, it was very nice. But, um, but my mother's from the city. My father was raised by his grandmother. Mm. Literally slept in a drawer. What? Like a shade. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so they, my mother's parents had saved every penny that they ever had, and um, and when they died, we moved to Orland. But we were Midlothian okay. family, so we were very working class. Right. Um, a lot of addiction stuff and yeah. abuse stuff going on. Um, so. So I feel so much like a Southside girl, mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily location related, right? As like an attitude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A mindset. Um, just, it's just tough, and it's gritty, and it's like you don't give a fuck, and you're just gonna go out there and yeah. do it. And that attitude, I think, when you're that, that's what comes off as confident. And so you can lack confidence, but still have that attitude, which I think is yeah. important for people to understand. I I work on it often. Mm -hmm. I really do care what people think, not in the sense that I want them to particularly like me, but that I don't want them to be sad yeah. or offended or whatever. Um, but the more work that I do on that, I come to the conclusion that I don't owe anybody a fucking thing. Like, if you come into my Facebook group, um, you know, paying clients are one thing, but they're already pre-qualified because they're already getting real Melissa. But if you come in my group and you're offended, 
I don't owe you fucking shit. It's a free group. Then and leave you it. you can leave. Right. And that's where I don't, that, that's like the problem I have with the internet. It's like, well, if you, if you don't like it or you don't want to see it, then you can leave. And there's mm-hmm. a time and a place to express your opinion. Yes, always. But like, you have to think about if a closed group like that, you know, what good is it? Then just leave. Then just leave. And also, if I wanted to kiss people's ass, I would have worked. Yeah. Like I would have exactly. kept working for the lawyers that I had to I had to be scared of. If I'm worried about kissing some lady's at, ass at a networking event, like I might as well just go to fucking work. Yeah, and that's I guess so you're almost five years in your business now? Five years. Five yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sixteen months. So mm-hmm. I think I'm definitely still working on finding my voice and like carving out my my specific place because you go to these networking events and you watch certain whatever podcasts or things and it's like, oh, this is, it should be how I'm showing up. Like, but that's not me. And so it's still hard for me. I struggle with like being my authentic self and I'm working on it and it's getting there, but it, the podcast helps because it's like, we're drinking wine. We're on the, you know, a on little the couch, li- a little yeah. liquid lubrication, Never like heard a, anybody. a social lubrication. Exactly. Um, so the other night we watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and, mm. oh man, I thought the storyline was lackluster at best. Acting was phenomenal. The acting, yeah. Um, but the one thing that I loved so much was that, and it must have really been what Freddie Mercury said mm-hmm. because it was a very particular um, he's, he said, um, Remy or Rami mm-hmm. or whatever, because he's so adorable. He said, when I'm on stage, I couldn't sing off key if I tried. Right. And he said that because he is so, Freddie Mercury was so vulnerable and just literally being yes. on that stage. He wasn't thinking if you like it, he was just living just just doing just that thing, his singing, right? Yes. And I thought, oh my God, when I deliver a Facebook Live in my community that is like goosebump giving, it is because I snap and I go into this thing where mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if you don't like it. I don't care what you think. I'm going to tell you. Yep. And then you know what? When I go back and listen to it, I go, that was like half as mean as I thought it was. <laughs> like, it was not as mean as I thought Yes. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if that's just a women thing, but like, I always think I'm meaner than I am. Well, I can be pretty mean, but yeah. like that I'm meaner than I am. But that's that's a flow state. When you go into that zone, and yeah. you can obtain that state through working out too. Like again, working out, being uncomfortable in your workouts, like achieving a flow state in your workouts. So it's all things that are gonna occur in your regular life. So mm-hmm. if you can get like comfortable with them there and figure out how to tap into them in your workout, then I think that it translates so well. Cause then you're in your Facebook lab and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm zoned in right now. This is, and mm-hmm. like I recognize this because I was doing this in the gym the other day. Or, and then with the um, Bohemian Rhapsody, we watched on YouTube before we watched the movie, the actual footage of the Live Aid. Mm-hmm. It was Live Aid, oh, right? Oh yeah. So we watched the whole thing. Because you're so cute and young. I actually watched it when it was yes, really yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend's dad was like, have you ever seen that? I'm like, no. So we had like a whole Bohemian Rhapsody night. So we watched that first. And then it was amazing to see how well Remy or 
Is that how do you I think it's I don't know I want to believe it is because that's a great name um yeah the how well he did and then like how well they just executed the whole thing like to, down to the cups on the piano yes I noticed that as well that and that's exactly amazing. how I remembered it yeah it was so good um, but I think there's a lot to be said for that but I will also say not unlike Freddie Mercury he's He's saying he's done that thing right. for years and years and years. Yes. And when I go and I do a live and I'm snapping about something, it's not usually new content. Right. It's, and that is something I think that people feel like, well, I shouldn't be talking about the same things over and over again because people don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. When actually that firms your message up. Yes. And so... Like, I've been saying for years, creating healthy habits so automatic, it's like brushing your teeth. Right. So if that comes out of my mouth, it's not like I just carved that that idea in yes. the moment. Like, I've, it, that only comes from the hard work of doing 25 million shitty-ass Facebook right. Lives. And then, and then you watch them over and over again, and you go, yes. what did I say that was good? What do I want to change? What, like, you have to be like a football player watching a game. Over and over. Over, yeah. And then you have to, like, okay, what did people react to that I didn't think they right. were going to react to? Because that's always surprising to me, too. Like, oh, okay, they're responding to this part of what I said, but not this. Totally. And, like, if you're, I think if you're a musician, or if you've ever listened to interviews, like Kendrick Lamar did this interview, and he was saying... I forget which song, but they didn't pick that. He didn't want that to be the single that was first released. And then that's what people gravitated towards. Yeah. Like they had an entirely different plan over here, but the public was like, no, this one is what we like and this is what we want. And so you you have to listen too to your audience. And I think sometimes, especially in the beginning, you're so like dead set in your plan and your strategy and I'm going to do this. And then it's like, well, shit, like it's not okay, but that wasn't part of the plan. And so you have to be willing to be like, okay, cool. Like, does it still fit my mission? Does it still like uh, help me achieve yeah. my goals? Then let's try this. You got to play to the, like, like Frank Sinatra, right? Like you've yeah. got, like I posted something about if it was as simple as not eating carbs, don't you think we'd all be fucking skinny by now? Right. And you know what? Tons of people sharing it, loving it. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. So, you know what? <laughs> I say that shit all the time. Yeah. Because it's true. And it's my statement. Right. Like, I'm just carving that out even more for myself. And I think I, the permission to everyone to repeat yourself ad nauseum because you think everyone's listening all the time. That's your narcissistic. Yes. So, you know when you go in the gym and you think everyone's looking at you and then you yes. realize later like how narcissistic that is that really nobody's looking at you? And that's a fear that's only, I think, only occurs in the beginning. Like in the, in the beginning. Like yeah. if you're new to the gym or you're scared about going to the gym, that's an excuse you tell yourself. Like once you've been going to the gym for a few years, you're like, no one gives a shit. Right. I literally did a box jump and rolled over the top of the box. Amazing. And I was like, oh God, everyone's probably laughing. And I stood up and honestly, no one had blinked. No one. Do you want to no know No one even said, are you okay? No, of course not. Because they're too busy <laughs> looking at their freaking right. biceps exactly. and things. So I think that that's been a huge lesson for me. I used to be looking at everyone else with a critical eye all the time. Yeah. And now that I move through my life, like literally not giving a fuck 
what you're doing. Like, if you were hurt, that's different. Right. Um, but, I wasn't hurt. I was but, hurt. But the people that don't have shit going on are the ones who are going, like, look at that bitch. Yeah. Like, that's because you have literally nothing going on. Like, I don't have time to be critical of other people. No. So I don't look for criticism in them, and then I don't. I don't expect that they're being so critical of me. Right. It, it releases a chip off my shoulder because yes. as a young person, I was just like, who the fuck does she think she is? Because I was assuming that everyone was as critical of me as I was being of them. Or as you are of yourself. Yeah. Which is how I am too. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, we are our own toughest critics. And so you just assume that everyone else is applying that same level of judgment to you. But really, they don't care. And if you're new in a situation, like new to your business, new to your industry, new to whatever, your job, it can feel that way too, new to the gym. But then mm -hmm. you realize like, no, no one is watching you. And maybe it's human nature to compare sometimes. And like, I look at some girls in the gym and I'm like, damn, like how did she get that butt? She's probably here more than I am. Or maybe she just has good genes. It doesn't matter. Like, I, could I be doing more if I wanted a bigger butt? Sure. Well, here's my theory on that. Like, if you knew what that chick had to look like to look yes. like that, what she had to eat, what, what she had to do, what she had to not eat, yep. <laughs> uh, then you may go, well, shit, I don't know that I want that. Right. So for me, it's really important that I'm like, this is like, this is the body that I have. And that includes day drinking yes not, uh, occasionally with you like right. not a daily thing <laughs> um that includes tater tots with my kids yeah but that you know and i think that's probably a big part of my authenticity too is because a lot of those chicks you see on instagram well number one they're 20 right number two they were never obese yeah number three they never had kids and number four it's photoshopped and number five Five, she's showing you a photo of a cheeseburger that she ate two bites out of. Yeah, and how many of these girls or, or people on Instagram have been athletes their whole life? Like you said, they yes. were never obese. They were never they? obese. And so the before and after photos come back like they're, uh, yeah, um, they'll come back like they're, like I've worked with men before and I had a male client that used to be a, 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 like in football in college. Right, right. Oh my God, he bounced back in a hot minute. Yes. And he looks amazing. Because that's how bodies are. They're that's right. Like I've never that. developed any muscle until I was like 32 and it's been a struggle for me. And I want to be open and honest about that. And the other thing is too, we don't have to stay on this soapbox, but... Mm. <laughs> The, um, I know that people think steroids are a thing of like a bodybuilder guy, but what they don't understand is that so many females really casually use them. Um, oh my God, you want to be thin as fuck and you retain your muscle. They're just not using as much. So there's different forms. Um, there's different, um, you know, there's different dosages. Huh. And on top of that, when you see them in a photo, know that they probably starved themselves for a couple days. Then they ate 45 gummy bears. Then they took pre-workout and then they got a pump 
They got right. a good workout in, and then they're turning a very specific way. And the lighting and the is light right, is a specific and their clothes way. are right. And then that fucking photo is edited, yes. right? Yeah. And so we're comparing ourselves to something that is so beyond, and yeah. it's different than Khloe Kardashian with her frigging, like, contouring her nose. I mean, this shit is chemical. It's it's the lighting. It's yeah. it's every it's editing. It's right. fucking everything. And women are sold this shit like, you know, oh my god, take this friggin' protein powder from Beachbody. Like they're using a fucking oh former friggin' oh. Olympic athlete. And they, look at I got ants now from this Beachbody step program. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what I don't understand. And that's a like I think an opportunity as a consumer where you have to decide what you're gonna consume because you can follow all those people on Instagram, those athletes and things, but there are also real people out there doing real things like what you're doing and it's not gonna be overnight success. You're never gonna have an Olympic body. Like mm -hmm. that's just not gonna happen unless you wanna make the sacrifices, which is a full time job, like a whole lifestyle. But you as a consumer, like you can decide whether or not you're going to follow that person on Instagram and let that ruin your day. Like, oh, damn, like, I still don't look like that girl. Or I still don't have a Kardashian ass. Like, you can decide. Yeah. You know what? The Kardashians don't even have Kardashian asses. Those no. aren't even real. Right. I think if you're on Instagram, which I fucking hate Instagram. And Do that's you? permission. Damn, the skirt. <laughs> this is so not me. Okay. Here but it looks cute. Yeah, nice. get comfortable. Oh, let me take so, this off too then. Nice. That's what we're doing. So, if that's yes. what we're doing. I, should, I have to go to the washroom. That's we can well. take a pee break. Okay, can we? Yeah. Because I kind of like been holding it because we've been talking. Yeah, go. I'll Let's take it. Oh, well, I'm going to go with you because there's two and I have to pee too. So, pause. This is, I don't know if we've ever done this before. So, she's a trained psychologist, mm. but... I don't really need the mindset shit a lot because right. I'm very, uh, I have like a very masculine energy of like, uh, like some women are like, I don't know, I'm just not motivated. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I want to eat. So like, I'm going to fucking work. You're like, figure it out. Right. Like it's yes. not a thing for me. Also, it's kind of like a literal belief that I was meant to do this. So I have a responsibility. Right. Like I'm not afraid of hard work. Um, but she is, oh my God, she's. Every single time I think, okay, I've, I've, she's taught me the things and then she Give comes back yeah. and she's like, and now we're doing these email funnels that are the sexiest. Yeah. Like an email funnel. <laughs> sexy. So here's the difference between a regular sales email yes. is like the dude who's like, Hey baby in the bar. These are like they're looking at you from across the bar. Oh my god! Like they're like eye fucking you, and then they're like, you know, maybe coming over and asking you if they, if you would mind if they sit down. Like it's like like, like a uh, massage almost. Yeah, like it's you're nurturing them throughout. Yes, it's like, and I've heard the phrase of like a nurturing email before. Mm -hmm. This is beyond that. This is like you just get drunk with uh <laughs> it's 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 a it, there's a psychology behind it and it's fantastic that's amazing so like my opt-in that i'm launching next week instead of just you know like it delivers you the content but it delivers you a daily video for four days mm. on my specific uh framework um and then and then it doesn't even sell you on that then then it then it sends you to um a workshop and then at the end of the workshop, it's 
pitches you that that offer and then it gives you a few days to buy it. if you don't buy it it like sends you back in this nurturing sequence yeah. Ooh, it's it's beautiful so let's talk about that like the amount of work that it takes to create that level of a nurturing sequence so how long did sure. it take you to create your workshop so I am thank you very much her fastest working <laughs> client I literally will think of something and I produce it immediately okay. so I'm not what someone like I see and this is one thing I want to say I don't I'm not sure like you know the level of everyone that's listening but like I've been to things where women are were hemming and hawing about what to name their Facebook group for yeah. like a month or two right like are you fucking kidding me like it does none of that shit matters. Like you have to show the fuck up. It's the story behind that, right? It's whatever you whatever life you give to that name that matters. I don't even give a shit if you said like the basic as fuck Facebook group. Right. And, but if you're showing up in there and you are like magnetizing and you are telling yes. women with passion and you are this and like none of that shit and so don't get bogged down with the details and right. don't get bogged down with things being perfect which if you're on my email list you'll know like i have typos on everything but you can't care i don't give a shit you really can't and that's what i was thinking about my blog the other day i was like damn i wonder how many typos are in that blog but at the end of the day i mean if i'm a book editor then i worry about exactly. it exactly that's the way that i see it right um so so i i wish i could tell you that there was a like if I were to coach someone in the business sense now, I could take them through it. But I wish that I could say that there's a way to to skip a process, but I feel like there's not. Like I I honed my my program and it's really about mindset, nutrition, fitness, and then how to make it all stick. Right. Do you hear that techno music? I do. <laughs> Where is that coming from? Know. I just figured it was I'm upstairs. Sorry. Okay, so you figure out a way to hone your process. Mm -hmm. But like, how long has it taken you to figure this process out? Well, just recently, because I knew that I wasn't just about nutrition. I knew I wasn't about fitness. I knew that I was more than just mindset. And I knew that I was more than like strategies. Because mm -hmm. strategies aren't sexy, but that's what makes it all work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until January that my coach really pushed me to she was like come up with your trademark framework so whether it's an acronym mm -hmm. or it's like your four a's to lasting weight loss or whatever oh. so agony fucking agony mm -hmm. doing this because when your brain thinks a certain way it just wants to go that way and so I was like well I don't fucking know like I was just doing this thing for days and days and days and as I mentioned I like to produce quickly and, right and and so to me being blue-collar like I value so much the the work not like if I'm sitting there and thinking and there's no nothing produced it, it feels like some time yes and so I had to spend weeks doing this and oh god so I came up with the real method and it's uh, real is reframe your mindset. Mm. Um, so shifting your thoughts. Ease for the E is about creating f food that you actually fucking want to eat. Right. Uh, fast. Uh, and A is accelerate. So push the process quicker, quicker with strength training. Yeah. And then L is leverage it all and create healthy habits. Mm. So it's the real method. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is really aligned with the honest way right. you know um and so now everything that i deliver 
Every, every program has a touch of each. And maybe one might be shifted more focused towards one or the other. Oh, okay. But you're going to get, with me, you're going to get all of them. Right. So that's like your overarching thing, the right. real method. Right. And then everything you do falls under that. Under that, right. And um, I wish that I could say I could have come to that on year one. Right, but I, I don't, don't think know. you can. You can't. Because even in the beginning, I literally thought it was just that I didn't know how... I didn't have that mindset component. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And you don't know what your audience wants yet or even like even if you think you know what they want like it takes trial and error to figure out like what's really tapping in with them and so i think after five years you've got a pretty good idea of what those women want from you or like how you can support them i mean yes but i don't think that way like i don't think about what i can give them i think about you're fucking welcome like oh. I know it sounds nuts. Yeah, I come from a place of like you don't even fucking know what you need because you're giving them what they need, right? Because yeah. because I was there. Yeah, and I thought all I needed was to hire a personal trainer. Yeah, like I didn't realize I had all this emotional baggage. Right. So I I'm a big believer in like sell them what they think they want, but you have to give them what they need. Yeah. So often I come from a place of like. Because women will tell me all the time, like, well, I don't want to dig through my past and handle my shit. And then they tell you that? They do. Oh, it's really common because it's messy. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm, uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I just, I give them like journaling prompts and stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I've had enough really, really fucking successful clients. Right. That I, I say, you can do whatever you want to do, but here's the, here's what I recommend. Yeah. And then they will say down the line, like, oh my God, like I, I can't, I'm laughing now that I thought I had a sugar addiction and I realized I had mommy issues. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You know? So you have to, but that comes from years of, you just know because you have data to back it up. Right. It's you know? testing. Yeah. Because you're testing constantly and you like to move fast. So you're willing to like test, evaluate, okay, let's move on. And that's totally. where a lot of people get stuck, I think, in the evaluation phase. And they're like, um, but it's not really working, but maybe it could instead of just changing it and moving on. So here's my belief. If I'm launching something and I, if I, I have to think like I'm fucking insane mm -hmm. to charge you that in the sense of like, you have to have a boosted ego. If I'm selling you something that's $500, I need to believe it's a $2,000 program and you're fucking lucky to get right. it for 500 bucks. If I don't, they're not going to believe that and I've not over delivered. Yes. So I have to over deliver all of the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm setting my bar higher to just ensure that they're getting yeah. what they they want out of it. And that doesn't mean it has to be perfect. So the reason I'm bringing that up is like, let's say it's your first time launching something. You're like, it's a six week, I'm doing a new program called Fit as Fuck. Fit as Fuck. It's like fit and then the AF is kind of oh, like the square. so funny. So fit as fuck, six weeks, like boot camp style. Mm. Like we're not fucking around, like you're eating like a bodybuilder, you're lifting like a bodybuilder. And, um, and then we'll go on from there. So it's my first time doing it. 
I feel comfortable in launching that for 500. Now, if I, after I launch it and I go, well, you know what, maybe I could have given them more here, I could have given them more there. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's an 899 program. Mm -hmm. So I say that, not like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. A little more strategic than that, yeah, but, but not give them, much. You right, know? give them the best that you can right. with what you have right now. Yeah at the price that you think is fair. Yes. Because I would rather them go, holy shit, that was the best 500 bucks I ever spent. And it's life changing. Right. And then they tell their friends and then you raise the price and it's like, well, right, but that was round one. Right, because now round I've got two. a million before and after photos and testimonials and exactly. proof. Exactly, and you've modified, so it's not going to be right. the same because you're improving the course too. But I think that comes back to a problem where people don't value their services or themselves enough, especially in the beginning, because you think like, oh, I'm new. I don't know what I'm talking about. And you just have to try it. But you still can, you have to figure out what's fair. Like for the amount of time you're putting into it and for the clientele you're talking to. Because a lot of people, I think, sell themselves short. Oh my God, can we just, we need to have this conversation. Yeah. I'm not fucking kidding you. I was three four years in a business and if you broke down my packaging for weekly meal prep guides oh, fitness geez. programs weekly weigh-ins access to me 24 7 mm -hmm. you're gonna die 18 dollars a week 18 dollars oh a my god week? i know <laughs> i know wait i know that's like 72 75 dollars a month oh my god i know okay but here's the thing hear me out when you don't remember i said i hired a personal trainer yeah and it was 50 dollars a session 55 or something like that it was a lot because i have an ex-husband that hasn't paid child support right i'm like living in the like a suburb that's more expensive than where i came from right so to me that felt like a lot so when i started my own business i was like well if i paid this guy this much then yeah. i probably got to be like this much because I'm not there with them personally and blah. but what I realized is that that was skewed by my lack of financial comfort yes your money mindset yes mm -hmm. and I've heard I hear people talk about money mindset and I'm like oh, fuck off but yeah. it's true it is true it's true because like I just bought a course the other day and it was 500 bucks and I was like oh my gosh it's fucking amazing like I have a business coach okay right and I'm still I bought this course for 500 bucks because I'm like what the fuck I know I'm gonna sell like a hundred times more because I bought it right I don't think of things that way but in the beginning I did mm-hmm and I thought like, well, I want everyone to be able to afford me. And and I was just whoring myself out. And you out. don't want to leave anything, anybody out. And, and, yeah. and I'll tell you, the if you don't have good boundaries, the people that pay you the least expect the most. Oh, 100%. And they are the first ones to tell you that it's not working. Right. And so you know what I tell them? Right, you're getting thirty-seven dollars worth yeah, of service right exactly. now. So um, I'd love to, like, you know, here's a different offering. But they, but here's the thing, I fucking did the same shit, right? Because mm -hmm. so I hired that trainer, 55, 55 bucks, and he's training me, and I'm going, okay, so tell me what to eat. Like I'm trying to get, yep. I'm trying to get shit out of him beyond my workout, right? Because I was in a lack mindset. Yes. Because I didn't have that kind of 
financial freedom. So, so it's not wrong that they're doing it. It's mm. natural, but it's my responsibility to say, like, that's an excellent question, but that's not covered in this program. Right. Because you have to uphold your own boundaries and your own standards of your business. And what I have found is that people who have that mindset, the, like the lack mindset, it's replicated in other ways in their life. So if, in your situation, if it's coming back to like them trying to figure out they want more help from you, then you can probably look somewhere else in their life where that mindset is coming into play and you can figure out like this is a habit they have of doing it. Like for me, it's with... People who expect way more for my services than what they're paying are usually not charging enough for their own services. Right. Or I see people on like Facebook groups talking about couponing and I'm like, yes. if you spent an eighth of the time couponing and actually, but right. that's where we're different because yeah. they're regular people with regular jobs that their boss determines what they make. Right. So we're like in this different Again, a weird thing I was thinking about that friggin' what's that show um, with uh, Winona Ryder that's on mm. Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when they walk into that other universe <laughs> and it's like kind of slimy and they mm -hmm. slip through almost like a woman's vagina. <laughs> Which I think it's almost like um, they're leaving the different universes because of... Yeah. I do think that that's symbolism of some sort. I mean, maybe I'm just really... Maybe I have some Freudian shit to handle. I don't know. But I think that they're on a different playing field than we are. Yeah. Like, we don't think about things... Like, a function, a high-functioning entrepreneur is like, I don't give a fuck with 500 bucks. I'm going to buy it, and it's going to make me, like... Exactly. Right, where someone else is going, well, I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to work for me? And then you go, you're right. It's not. Because you have to work for it. Exactly. So, if you're in the mindset, it's going to work for you, then you have missed the boat, my friend. And what I, that's funny that we're talking about this, because I wrote about this today when I was journaling, and I've been thinking about it this week. Like, there are so... Sometimes I feel behind in my career journey like oh god like my income is not where I thought it'd be oh. at 32 or 31 no one no one thinks that no <laughs> no I mean I nobody is is happy at right. 32 but then I think or like even if I'm comparing myself to my friends or other people my age and looking at what they're making and their roles and titles and then I think yeah but like in the next five to ten years I have unlimited income potential right like because I work for myself now so I have the power to max that out wherever I want to whereas if you're in the corporate structure you pretty much know where your income is gonna go always. for the next five to ten years always and it's gonna be capped and I was a, I was a drug addict at 32 you know what I mean yeah yeah um yeah that to me is so I feel bad for those I mean I guess they're trading right they're so they're trading um, comfort right for security yeah yeah where to me the thrill of the ups and downs as sick as they can be yeah right are the best part right like when I'm not selling something big it's i'm feeling unfulfilled mm -hmm. the, it's kind of like being a, a bungee jumper yeah it's the risk yeah the risk factor and but and i think the more you do that whether it's in the gym because you lift heavy so if you're going if you're pushing your weight up and you're like i don't know if i'm gonna get this up or not or if i'm gonna squat and not come back up 
there's that risk factor there that you have to shoot for. And when you get into the habit of doing that, whether it's the adrenaline, or whatever chemical reactions are happening in your mind, just the habit you're creating of like shooting for something, you can't not do that anymore because then you're bored. Like if I go to the gym and I have a half-ass day, I leave and I think, that was a half-ass workout. Mm-hmm. But if I go to the gym, like yesterday, I like pushing the sled a lot. And that's the one thing about my, I have an at-home gym in my mom's garage, but we don't have a sled. But anyway, so I love the sled because you can like exhaust yourself. It's a great workout. Yes, and so I ended with that yesterday because it was a flow state end, so I just wanted to be like calm down. And I do that a lot too where my workouts are based on what state I want to be in when I leave. So like if I'm trying, if I'm gonna exhaust myself, then I probably don't have a lot to do after that. Like I can go home. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's like thinking, and or if I'm gonna, I have a lot of tasks to do, then I do a task-oriented workout, and then I go like straight back to work or whatever. Oh, so. you're amazing. No, I just <laughs> destroy myself every chance I can get. Which feels good too, but then you- No, I'm tired. You're tired. Yeah, and so if you think about it that way, so like if I'm gonna end on an EMOM, so seven minutes of explosive movement, like two movements, you know, five box jumps and five barbell rows or whatever, then that's task oriented because it's those two every minute on the minute for seven minutes, and then you're like, okay, I'm up, mm-hmm. you're up. But then. What is that, CrossFit? That's, um, yeah, kind of CrossFit principles, but do you know who Julian Pinot is? StrongFit? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's. The- kind of thing yeah so I do more like uh, a like a merge between powerlifting and bodybuilding yeah so it's a little I bit different too. I was a we should do each other's workouts we <laughs> because I did Olympic weightlifting in high school for a little bit and then I was like when I moved back here I would just turn 30 I think or maybe like 29 I was doing powerlifting at that's Jack my favorite Gym. yeah I mean there's just like putting on that kind of weight amazing I have never been so ripped in my life and I'm well on my way again like right after my dad died I like no right when my dad got sick yeah I uh like wasn't eating like I would be sitting here sweating and I'm like I'm fine I'm fine (laughs) everything's fine like I'm so fucked up but because I'm such a um like an alpha female state I was like everything's fine and I lost so much muscle that I've been trying to get back um but I do powerlifting but I don't even squat with the rack oh you don't on purpose so I have a squat rack but I walk out of it oh my gosh because here's why whoops yes it's working I just had to lock back in there's no other answer but to get it back up yeah so if you can dump it you're gonna dump it when it gets hard if your husband isn't there to, this is, I, I don't recommend this at home, kids, yeah. <laughs> because I've gotten to a point where I know, I know my, my body yeah. well enough, but I think that if I'm in a squat rack, I'm going to dump it mm-hmm. when it gets hard. But what about, and that's some business, right? What about, what are you going to just dump your business when it gets hard? No. Yeah, no. I mean, not that you won't think about it, but. Right. But you, you got to get it back up. Right. Otherwise, you got to dump that thing on your garage floor because you really could that's the thing too like squat racks like yeah they're fine but you could also just let the weight go like that is an option yeah the only time it's not an option is bench press yes that's the skin 
I don't, because I do it a lot. But even still, though, you could dump it. Like, oh, you could to dump it side. to the side. Yeah. Like, unless you're a huge dude that's got, like, several plates on the sides. Right. I, I've had to dump it before. <laughs> it's scary when you have to dump it. But, yeah, when you're in the gym or, okay, so at home, whether you're squatting or at the gym, too, it's scary. Because you're like, fuck, I don't want to dump this in front of all these people. Like, yeah. I don't want to not get it back up. But then I find sometimes I leave there and I think, like. Could I have done more? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly why I don't. Yep. And I think, like, yeah, I probably could have. And what's the worst that'll happen? You'll dump it. Right. What? It'll make a loud noise. Mm -hmm. And if you're using bumper plates, it'll bounce. Yeah. It's fine. Also, those bumper plates, when I first started working out, I was like, look at how much she's lifting. I'm like, wait a minute. That fucking plate weighs five pounds. Like, just something you have to watch on Instagram. Yes, because, like, when I lift fucking Uh weights, it's like 240 pounds. And it looks like... Like, and if you're a CrossFit chick, you got this friggin' these bumper plates uh, to here, and you uh, look like you're so strong. And I'm like, bitch, that ain't nothing. Nothing. See, I'm getting, I'm getting really petty. <laughs> but no, but it's true because it's so deceiving, and people do that intentionally, so they won't tell you the weight that they're putting nope. on the squat rack. But it looks like because they're using bumper plates, uh-huh. a million pounds. Where I, so I did sled drags last night, 270 pounds. And it was to exhaust me. And that's what I wanted was just to exhaust me. And like, I needed that depletion because Monday, I woke up yesterday and I thought it was Saturday. Monday was a whole week. I shit you not. I woke up this morning and said to my husband, it's Friday, right? (laughs) No. I'm like, what? What day is it? What's happening? So I needed that workout. And it just feels so good when you leave there and you're like proud Mm. of yourself. Yeah. And that's how I know that one I can do more the gym to me there's like no other bar that gets set like I set the bar at the highest in the gym so outside of that I compare everything like I know if I can do more in the gym or if I'm having like a a shitty day in the gym that's probably reflective of my business Mm -hmm. or whatever else is happening that day so I have to push it and that's where my brother was a personal trainer but he, he did work for a corporate gym for a while, and now he's, like, doing his own Good thing. Good for him, because it's probably squashing. Oh, my God, it killed him. Because mm-hmm. it, it's sales. They don't give a shit about the people. And the, and the training is so bad. And if your client wants to yes. squat and they're morbidly obese, you still have to let them squat. It's like, yes. I just... And there are no unconventional methods that they're allowed, right. you know. And so he's branched out on his own. So he does strong fit principles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his thing. And he pushes himself to a level in his workouts that I I don't think I've ever seen anyone do alone. Like, it's hard to go that intense alone. So, this is a cool conversation because I was doing a Facebook Live last week about how... Okay, the way that I feel is this. You... If I stand, I have to stand for something, otherwise I stand for nothing. Right. And I think CrossFit's ridiculous, and I think Orange Theory is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Because That shit is scary. It's scary, it's stupid, it's bad for your body, but also know that I have to stand for something. Like, yes. otherwise I'm going to be like, everything's great, okay? Right. But she was thinking that that she was doing these good workouts, and it's like, you have no fucking idea... 
what a good workout yes. is. And then the idea that if you're going to Orange Theory and, and the only reason you're pushing yourself is because someone's yelling at you, yes. you have no internal right. fight. You're still looking for external stimulants to tell you that you need to work harder. Mm -hmm. And what I'm teaching women to do is look inside themselves and find that thing that's telling you, bitch, do Show one more. Up. Right. right. Yeah. Like, do one more. Like your brother is. I'm sure mm -hmm. he gives way more than I do and can bring it to a different level. It's just, But that's yeah. so true. And that's why I hate group fitness. Because if you need somebody to right. yell at you and exhaust you, you're missing the point. You need to yell at you. Yeah. And I think group fitness is good if you're competitive. Right. If, or I think there's places too. Right. If you're new, yes. right? And you need you That's need the motivation. That's a good way to integrate you to the whole mm -hmm. thing. But and if you're like I well, and now I'm have worked out alone for a long time, so like the past few years aside from my brother. So we're but like anytime I go to a group class, then I'm like, I have to be better. I have to mm -hmm. like beat that person because I just am competitive by nature. But if you're that competitive, then likely you're competitive with yourself too. And yeah. so you want to lift more than you did yesterday or go farther or whatever the case may be. But just to achieve, like once you tap into that shit, I think you said it on your podcast or maybe I was listening to another one this morning. But anyway, about how like, once you see yeah, what me. you can do, then you're so proud of that, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I can do more." That's like, your, I can definitely do more for for sure because that is that was my aha moment. Mm -hmm. That was you know where some people are like, "I want to start a business, and I don't know what mm. kind." No, like to <laughs> me, it was like uh, calling. It was like right. um, it was something. It wasn't a choice. Oh yeah, I, and I truly believe that when I'm in my zone of genius and I'm delivering mm. and I'm I'm just fucking nailing it, it's because I'm doing what I was meant to do. Have you read The Big Leap? I have. Is that why you said that. zone of genius? No, genius? but I have read That's that from book. That too. Yeah, I like that book, and not a lot of people that I know like that book, and I like, I like it. it. And you know who does too? Um, Tammy. She recommended yeah. I read that. Well, you know I. So a girlfriend of mine, my best girlfriend. Hey girl, Samantha. <laughs> so if Samantha makes it to this point, Samantha, we will send her a gift. I'll, hey girl, she's not. She's too busy slaying. But my best friend Samantha lives in Denver, and she's a uh, business coach. Mm -hmm. And so often I'll say like, Hey girl, like what are you reading? Fucking tell me right now because what the dog shit. Okay, girl, wash your face is dog <laughs> shit. But okay. did you read it? I fucking read it. And I also did a YouTube video because this was the former me who was like, it's great because I knew my ideal client would like it. Yeah. I'm deleting that shit because it wasn't fucking great. It was terrible. Her husband treats her like shit. Oh, but really? It's stupid. It's fucking terrible. And also what she's saying is so basic. It's saying, do it anyway. I get that, bitch, but, like, people have, it's more than that. Do you think that there is a, a business or a movement happening right now, because this is what I think, on women capitalizing on women not being able to do it? Yes. Yeah, and I'm really careful of that because yeah. I could align with that, right? Right. Uh, so I think in Rachel Hollis's defense, Rachel Hollis was speaking to middle-class Privileged white women mm -hmm. who 
husband's work they didn't mm-hmm. and she had to- and they had toddlers because she used to speak at um mops which is mothers of preschoolers in like christian schools yeah. so so that message is very aligned with those women mm-hmm. right because they haven't been persecuted because their father was in the picture right. because their mother wasn't an addict mm-hmm. so so when she comes and she's like just wash your fucking face like those middle privileged white women get it right right so i do think in rachel's defense like i know my ideal client is 35 to 50 year old female mm-hmm. who's college educated and has a career right um probably childhood trauma but if i if i release a book which I am, but if I release Whoa. a book, you know, that's not going to necessarily speak to a 20-year-old girl in foster care. Yes. So so I get that, but I also think there is this broad stroke of like, just just buck up, buckaroo. And so, so, so I'm writing a book and my friend asked me, well, what's your book like? And I'm like, well, it's like if Eminem wrote Girl, Wash Your Face. <laughs> But it had the research of Brene Brown. See, that's the level of, I think, I think grit. It comes back to that. Because I read half of Rachel Hollis's book, and then I had to give it away for the last <laughs> Race Your Bible event. I'm like, eh, half is <laughs> like, yeah. good enough. I got the zhish. Yeah, I did. And I, I think some of her principles were good, like, especially when she's talking about her 19-year-old self and how she acted. But, like, also... There were things I couldn't relate to about her 19-year-old self and my 19-year-old self. Like, we are not on the same path at 19. So I have a hard time relating, and this goes for a lot of people right now, that I have a hard time relating to people who are on their way to making $10 million. And they're like, but I started just like you, and I couldn't pay my bills, and I didn't know where, you know, all this shit. And I'm like, but... That's not your case anymore. So do you can you can you talk about that? Like you should, it's your journey, but you shouldn't be trying to empathize with other people on that point anymore because that's not where you are. Also, what she's not telling you is that her father like they were very well off. Well, right, he was a um a preacher, right? Yeah. I couldn't watch the documentary. I, I tried. can't. I can't because my ideal client like, I will go to a networking event, yeah. and every woman's like, oh, my God, have you seen, oh, my God, Rachel Hollis? Yeah. Or then now it's like, oh, my God, are you Marie Kondoing? It's like, no, that fucking book was out years ago. <laughs> it was out so many years ago. But the thing is, is that because we're entrepreneurs. Right. Like, women that have a fucking job, yeah. they're not in that realm. And I don't mean it in a shitty, right. a shitty way. It's not. It's because that's part of what keeps our fire so oh, you yeah. have a job you have a job and you have a job and you you're if you need to learn new curriculum your boss tells you that and you know that but with us we don't know where the next thing's coming yeah. so we need to have a leg up on the competition so we're we're hungry in a different way right I think that's 100% true. I did Marie Kondo my shit, though. Yeah. And it felt really good. But I Marie kondo my fucking shit out of... For me, it's like... It's so hard. I met with this business coach because I had this free consultation thing. I never had intentions. And she was like, you know, you should be a business coach. And I was like, wait, what the fuck... Why would I be a business coach? Like, I'm not in this to make money. I'm in this to change... Yeah women's 
lives, you know? And I, I can, I can get such a tunnel vision. Like I literally yeah. don't care. We talked about this. I don't care about decorating my house. I don't care about that shit. Right. I am so thirsty for, like I wish valuable content rose to the level that that girl wash your face did. And yeah. I won't fucking rest until a real version of what living in America that's not privileged looks like right. and it's not girl wash your fucking face yes. i'll tell you that but it is for some people though right for her audience that's a real version it is but who but who needs that yeah are the woman that that's not their reality right it's a different yeah definitely a different story but there's something like i'm sorry i'm sorry you get to sit at home and your husband makes you know six figures and you raise ba okay if i had those problems yeah but I don't. I have bigger people problems. And, and that's, I, yeah. that's my message is like bigger fucking people problems. Right. And I think for her, but for that segment of the market, those are their problems. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for right. but the Rachel Hollis's out there. But on a scale of suffering, I oh, don't really yeah. give two shits about that. Right. And there were things, um, oh shit, there was something I was, oh, what I don't. What I think is missing from the dialogue about Rachel Hollis and Girl Wash Your Face is like the the all of the books she did before that. Like she didn't just come in and write Girl Wash Your Face and then it was like a national, you know, hit bestseller cuz she had a whole series before and yeah, like Yeah, and they're also her talks. They're her, her talks, talks transcribed. Her cookbooks, her she has cookbooks. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's this whole slew of background information that if you listen to her, she will tell you about, but it's missing from like the general dialogue. And I don't, okay, I don't think that's even her fault, except, I don't think except that's her fault. for no. her, oh, I, I get, what was that? <laughs> the camera died. Camera's like, fuck it. <laughs> oh my God. Are Is you gonna fucking eat a burger with me or something? Yeah, we better. We that, need to go. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Well, on that note, we can finish that later. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. I need a fucking we. I need to eat something because I've been really on a good diet. We have been. Is it one o'clock for this real? This is how our conversation was last time. Oh my god. Okay.